We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And I am being joined once again, our first uh, our first repeat guest of the year. Uh, Sky, you can find him on Twitter at SkyhookDFS. Of course, all of his work is over at FTN. What's going on, man? Matt, favorite week of the year, man. This is, uh, I mean, I, I can't wait. It's, it's a lot happening all at once. I mean, if you play euro like we mentioned before it's locking tonight if you like march madness you know that's going on simultaneously and then this great dfs golf strategic week is just where i like to load up and play uh uh as many lineups really as i can get out there this week so i'm really excited yeah for sure it's it's fun i figure um we have we have no evan to to get in our way tonight uh so so i love you i'm just kidding um so we, i figure we will uh just sort of work our way through the bracket a little bit um chat about some groups that caught our eye um and then we, we can just spend a few minutes talking about just general dfs strategy for this event like it would be it would be amazing if there were more uh more match play bracket type events on tour that we had access to it kind of sucks that um this is really the only chance that we get to to dive into like big theory aspects of this particular format yep no i agree i mean the lpga so i'm interested i mean the lpga contests are posted this week you know 1k to first but they are doing a match play at shadow creek later this year so that would be Uh, really cool if they wanted to like 
do a mini boost or do something fun for that week. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I play LPGA a lot, but um, I know many don't, um, but we'll see. No, I think um, I agree because the game theory, you do such a good job at your, you know, breaking down ownership. How well does the field pick golfers? How do we play game theory against what the chalk should and shouldn't be? Um, and this is just even next level on it because yeah. um, golf is such a game of variance let alone 72 holes. We're now playing 18 holes, you know? So yeah. even DJs, we, we go into the group one. I was talking with Axis earlier, you know, he's like plus 100. So that's 50% chance that the best player in the world doesn't be get out of what is probably one of the weaker brackets, you know? So that's, that's the fun part about this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, you know, match play in general is going to crank up the variance, uh, let, you know, less holes to, for, for DJ or, you know, Rom or Bryson, whoever, to realize their advantage uh, across a tournament is definitely, is definitely interesting. Um, so yeah, why don't, why don't we, uh, why don't we start in that little, uh, that little corner of the bracket there? Uh, DJ, Nah, uh, Robert McIntyre and Adam Long. Um, I, I don't want to say it's the, the definite easiest group as far as like the top guy versus the rest but it's got to be up there right yeah um we'll talk one later on that i think is a little bit more of a shoe in um than this one because the thing is if i think about the course i mean i love mcintyre i'm just you know a huge bob mac fan um it's a it's a big step up to play um you know against dj head to head i think it's such a cool opportunity for him like just yeah. as a genuine golf fan i remember being really big on the last time this was played justin harding who played against Rory and took Rory to the brink. Um, And that was like Harding's breakout. You know what I mean? You think about that too. Beergard beat Tiger and that was his like, what is happening? You know, that was so cool. And then Beergard literally, I mean, he doesn't barely play golf anymore. It's so sad. I love the guy. and He he can't even make the cut in Kenya. Um, But um, so this one, again, I'm just, I'm really curious on what ownership spits out. If people are locking in DJ, I will definitely take opportunities to um, be overweight on some of the other golfers. Like we mentioned earlier, he, 50%, 50% coin flip that he's not advancing. I think Kevin Knott is made for match play. He did well yeah. here last time. I just don't know. I mean, he withdrew the players because he put three in the drink. But I would think Knott could present some opportunities. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I'm trying to look through here. He's done, you know, he's he's done reasonably well here. It looks like I pulled up Rick. Uh, Rick Rungood tweeted out a um, a page on his site that has all of the match play stuff uh, in one place, all the match play records, and it looks like he's eight, eight, and two since they switched uh, the format to what it is now. So um, not too shabby, and uh, yeah, like you said, um, he like you want the guys who can get up and down uh when they make mistakes in match play like that's that's a, a lot more of the battle than it is yep. uh in a stroke play event so that's definitely and the way so i'm approaching this week so there's a five dollar which has if I, let me get this right here there's a five dollar and again i'm not like some big baller that normally rolls out 300 lineups like this is once a year type of thing for me and you look at there's 23,000 people that are in the $5 versus 70,000 people in the $10. Yeah. 
I am going to make different lineups because of the GPP sizes. And I mean, you might play the 200 single entry, you might play the mini max. I think in those contests, the bigger they are, the more game theory you need to get in. So I might sit here and not play DJ in the $10, but be okay with him in the $5 because I'm competing against less people. So like, I'll probably mix in some McIntyre and Kevin Na in my $10 ones and, and try to get that leverage when DJ could be 30%. And it wouldn't be a surprise that he isn't advancing. For sure. Yeah. I, that, I think that that makes, that makes a ton of sense. I think that people get um, in general, I think people get hung up on, you know, this uh, I have exposure across every lineup that I built at X percent, but realistically you should be thinking about it a little bit more on a micro sense of like the contest that you're looking at. You shouldn't yep. just say like, you know, say you're, you're doing two twenty max and you make 40 lineups you shouldn't be thinking about across all 40. You should be thinking in each 20, each chunk of 20, what exposure you have, because that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter if you're technically overweight across your 40 lineups in, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but I think you have to think about it more contest based. Like in NFL, when I make, you know, I make six or seven lineups each week, I I'm looking at my three max exposure. Like those three lineups are I'm getting my exposures right there. I'm not just spraying across all seven lineups and hoping that it go, it fits in the right place. Correct. Correct. And I'm somebody this week. I, again, I know the risk I'm getting into. I, I know what I'm allocating. I am more than okay. Even being extremely aggressive. So I'll probably realistically have, 20 to 25 golfers across each set of 150 lineups. Because if I hit the nuts with those golfers personally in this type of tournament, I want to have them paired with each other. So if I'm going to run 20% of 30 lineups of McIntyre, or if I'm going to run 5% of McIntyre, to me, that does no good. I have to like get myself then correct on the other, you know, five guys in each of those, what, 10 lineups. And this, this is a week to me, I, I, if I hit something and I think there's more opportunity and I, I'm willing to go up to 20%, 25% on some of these lower end guys because I want it paired across pretty equally. So that's the way I approach it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so going through sort of the rest of that, you know, that quadrant, um, you have Sungjae in the group right below him. So, you know, if it, if it went chalk, it would be DJ. Against Sungjae, um, he has Victor Perez, Leishman, and Henley in there. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think Sungjae is necessarily uh, just like cakewalking through um, that group. Again, not that it's not that it's the hardest group in the world, but I do think that there's um, there's definitely some potential there. Uh, do you have a do you have a favorite out of yeah. those three to upset? I like Victor Perez a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, like McIntyre, I hate that. I mean, it would make like my heart melt if they matched up with each other in the second round. Like these are my two Euro guys that are on this PGA venture together for five weeks leading up to Augusta, been playing them for, you know, 18 months in Europe. Now I'm ready for them. They can break through. They are big time players. Um, and I think Perez got a, a heck of a draw, um, to get the 16 seed 
you know, to, to be in that opportunity. I mean, he's a B or is he the C? I know he's like a top 30 in the world. I think he's the third, he's the one on the third line in that group, right? Or is he second line? No, he's second. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Leishman's below him. Yeah. I, I don't, a lot of people bet Leishman a lot. I, I like never do. I, he just doesn't statistically do it for me ever. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I think it's a heck of a draw for Perez. So, and, and again, you gain leverage. So the way I look at building in the sense is I want to also know who you're going to be playing in the next round. So, you know, again, if I'm, if I'm fading DJ, I, I might load up even more on Perez and give me another chance. Cause just because DJ gets out of the, the group doesn't necessarily mean he's in the optimal lineup. He, he has to, he has to at minimum in order to win you the GPP, make it to the elite eight. So you have oh, yeah. another opportunity when fading DJ to lose to this group. So I, I'm going to be loading up, you know, on Perez, I think as well in some of these opportunities to get myself a lot of leverage against DJ in, in big field GPPs. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure somebody, I'm sure somebody has done this. I, I did it last year um, in just in the optimizer as like an extra little column, but I, I always like to put the salaries together um, for the group, just to kind of show like what, you know, as far as DraftKings goes, what kind of supposed strength um, is implied for, for each group. I haven't done that yet, but with Perez and Leishman in like the high sixes, um, I think this will definitely be lower uh, than a lot of groups. And I think that in general, I mean, even Sungjae is what, 88 or 87, I think. Yeah, he's 8,800. So even, even yeah. with... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Him you know, you're talking about the most expensive guy in the group at, at 8,800. Um, you know, you can, if you, if you hit on one of these guys getting out of the group, that isn't Sungjae, you're definitely in a pretty good position because you could pay up for a lot of other places. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. So the, the rest of this quadrant is uh, the nine with uh, Webb against Casey Hughes and Gooch. And then underneath that you have Hatton Westwood Sergio and Wallace, which I think is a, is a pretty interesting group that could, um, I, I think, do you think Westwood is like kind of, I think he's got to be beat at this point. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. 
from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Like, I, I don't know if, if he can just keep keep rolling this right now. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of golf, you know. Um, and it's going to be even more this week. <laughs> yeah. You liken it almost to, like, we were worried about Tiger. Did he miss that putt on 18 to lose to Bear Guard so he didn't have to play 36 more holes? two weeks later at Augusta, like that, that was kind of the situation. It, it almost feels like with Westy that there's just no reason he needs to, to play himself, you know, 90 holes of golf. Yeah. No reason. If you're a great form, go contend at Augusta. Let's have fun. Um, I really prefer, I love Casey out of this kind of grouping. Webb just hasn't been the web of 2020, no. you know, over the last few weeks when Casey has been a top five player, arguably over the last six weeks, I really, really like what Casey has. And it's, you know, Hatton has been erratic. Wallace hasn't been near as good. Um, and then who's the fourth one? Um, Sergio. Sergio. So I, I'm intrigued by Sergio of that group. I think the most, just what is ball striking birdie ability. And I, and I think of, if we start with Casey, Casey could have won the players had he not put three balls in the water on, on Thursday afternoon. And to, there's two ways to look at match play and access to me. We're having this argument. Is it golfers that make a lot of birdies and make a lot of putts and win holes or save themselves on holes they should have lost and they can have the hole. Or do you want the golfer who's steady Eddie, not going to lose out on holes is not going to bogey. He's going to either, you know, you know, run into a birdie and win a hole when you don't birdie or par you to death. I think I'm of the other side of things where I will chase more of an erratic golfer who can birdie a lot. We'll talk about speed in a little bit. I I think that is the way I'm going to go for it. And Casey had those swings a lot of the players. um, And I just think he's got a lot of birdie making ability right now. Um, So he's my favorite of, of that little bunch. Yeah, I think I think that uh, pretty much tracks with with how I'm approaching it. Sergio is is plus two thirty uh, to get out of that group, which I think um, you know I haven't I haven't specifically run everything, but I think that that's probably a decent chunk of value. Um, and then let's see with Casey's group, they have these all here. All right, so Casey, yeah, they actually have Casey as the favorite at over at DraftKings right now at plus one sixty. Yeah. Um, so, so somebody, somebody over there agrees with you too. So, yeah. I mean, and, and to get a favorite again, if you're looking at the lineups, like to get a favorite, he's $8,900, you know, like yeah. that, you know, that's more expensive than Sungjae, who's a one, but, but Casey also doesn't have to play against DJ, technically the, the best player in the region until the elite eight. Um, and that gives me the opportunity. Of course, you'd have to play Hatton, but Hatton's not walking out of that group, you know, easily, in my opinion. Um, But so, yeah, I I think I I feel really strong about Casey there. Yeah, I mean, you you could definitely tell yourself a story where, you know, DJ 
uh, comes out flat and and screws up lunch and ends up not getting not getting through, right? And then either Webb, Casey, or I mean, in my opinion, probably Sergio have like just an infinitely uh, easier <laughs> easier path yeah. um, to go to go pretty far. And all three of those guys, um, you know, are are reasonably priced. What's and e- like even Webb is ninety one hundred. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that if, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm going to end up building, you know, 150 lineups or anything like that. But if I was, I think that that, that the eight and nine group in general would be sort of where um, I took a stand and, you know, told myself the, the story to get past DJ with, you know, being the most expensive guy and everything like that. Um, if he doesn't make it would be, would be a much easier path. And, you know, if, if we're leading it to March Madness that is, you know, going on right now, and we've seen it, you know, actually happen a little bit, the path is destined for a one seed to have the easiest way through the region. But if they are to get upset early, you know, same with the two, I mean, you see Oral Roberts win, like the path to keep advancing isn't as difficult as it is for that first game, you know? Right. So, yeah. and it's not, you know, you know, Oral Roberts wasn't a 50% chance whether they were going to advance or not. You know, that's 90-10 if you're, you know, looking at it that way. I mean, so that's to me where – and, again, golf is hard. You know, it's not to say when you get to the next round it's shoo-in, but you're probably in another coin flip, you know, and that's right. that's the crazy part about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then so if we if we slide across to the, uh, the JT uh, quadrant over there um, – he, I, I mean, I think he has a, a reasonably tough draw. I'm not, I'm not particularly scared of Cooch, to be totally honest. Um, but Louis and Kisner, uh, again, like talking about guys who sort of just fit this format in general, um, you know, forgetting about whatever Louis bullshit and you know all all the stuff that comes along with that. Um, whether they're in the best form or not, I think that they're. Uh, th- those two guys are pretty built for this uh, this format. Yeah, JT got a terrible draw, terrible, um, which makes the next quadrant even more intriguing to me because it's not like I think all that highly of Kisner, Louis, and Kucher. You know, they they performed well here, but it's just not easy for JT to get out. And those, you know, I, I think the quadrant below is is made for Spieth. Um, to, to really take advantage. I mean, this is with what Spieth has been doing, you know, I guess better as of late, but, you know, even even when Spieth was bad, you know, even last year, he was still making birdies, which is tailor-made to, to steal four or five holes in match play. And when he shanks one in the woods, I don't care, you know, pick up your ball. Let's keep going. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm staying away from JT's region because I, I personally can't really pick apart those other three. I think they're very similar in the way they play you know i mean louis was you know i guess probably the best of the recent form of them but um i would rather attack it below than above yeah i i think that that makes sense the um let's see they have uh again this these are all DraftKings um lines i didn't pull up i didn't pull up everywhere and i know that some books don't even have uh you know every single uh, possibility up yet, but uh, they have JT at plus one thirty, then Louis at two fifty, Kisner at, at three twenty five seems 
Um, mm -hmm. It seems like there's a, a decent, decent little chunk of value there. And then Kucher at plus 450. So, um, and then under that, uh, they have Spieth as the favorite again, despite, you know, technically, yeah. technically being on the fourth line there. Um, yeah. Fitzpatrick at plus 200, Connors at 300, and Wolf at 400. So, um, I mean, just look at that region, though. I mean, so you think about yeah. it. Wolf's hurt. You know, I'm glad he's showing up, but he's been hurt. It's a hand injury. So I guess I would think those maybe are the ones to overcome easier if it was blisters or if it was really right. bad. I don't I don't know the details, um, but I also don't think it's a great course fit for Wolf. Um, if you think about how awesome Country Club plays, then you're playing against Connors who can't make a putt, you know, so I would rather target people who can putt well, I think here. Um, so Connors, and then you probably get a bottom, you know, 25% of the one seeds with Fitzy. Yeah. Spieth ran well with that draw. And then to get, you know, what he may get, I mean, it would be fun to see him against JT, but you said, what are the odds for JT to get plus 135? So less than 50%. He's advancing out and, you know, the pricing, people coming off players championship for him. Yeah, I, I, I'm out on JT. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think I I don't really see, um, I don't know. I don't really see those two groups uh, going, you know, past, uh, past the the bottom two groups of that quadrant. Like you have you have Cantlay there uh, with Decky and Ortiz and Harmon, and then you have Reed, Neiman, um, Bez, and Bubba. Like I, I think that you're going to see, uh, I think that you're going to see somebody um, in the finals from the the seven ten group in my opinion I, I have Reed there right now I think that uh I think that he's going to um win I already put a put an outright on that uh and an each or whatever not an outright in each way um but yeah I I just feel like that that section is more appealing to me um personally what, what are your thoughts on those two the seven ten groups um so I, I like two value plays in this range. I don't mind the Reed play. I mean, Reed, Reed is a great match play player. He probably gets inflated ownership because of it. Um, it was just, again, that's peripheral. We're talking on Monday evening. We don't really yeah. know. Um, but I, I think the recent form of what Brian Harmon does, um, he made it out of this before in the past. He's a yeah. plotter. This is Austin Country Club, which should be perfect for his type of game. He did really, really well at the Players' Championship. Pete Dye. I like Harmon. I think he's 7,200. I think he's a really good play coming out of um, – I, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't think I've ever, like, played or bet Patrick Cantley in my life. Um, maybe I just don't – maybe that's a flaw in my process, but I, I just don't – view him as elite as sometimes he gets priced or into like, I would like to see a, a big time victory. And I guess the Memorial was a big victory for him. That was a big time event. Um, I just, maybe that's a, you know, a flaw in my end, but I, I just like Harmon coming out there. And in, in a sense, you know, Reed doesn't flourish off the tee. Reed can make it up at times with his approach, but he's really, really good around the green and putting. And the other guy in that group who does a very similar game is Christian Bezaydu. Um, You know, if you want to not lose out on holes by parring you to death and giving yourself birdie opportunities at a really good value, I think that's Bazaynu. 
So those two will probably be two of my, you know, we talked Perez in the top left. I don't know which way I'm pointing on our screen here, but we talked Perez and then Harmon and Bazanhut are probably two of the other value plays that I'm very intrigued by. Yeah. um, Both of those uh, are at uh, plus 300 or, or longer. So um, decent, decent chunks of value there for sure. I, I saw a read uh, at Bet365 for 25 to 1. Um, and the top four, final four was like a quarter uh, yeah. of the odds. So I, I felt like that was, again, I, I didn't, I hadn't run anything at that point. That was just my first click. I was like, you know, 25 to 1 seems, uh, seems a little, a little bit too much for him. And I think he's at, down to like, 20 at places now. So I feel okay about that. Yeah. And three, six, five is great with the offerings of, of each way is being a fifth of the odds or more actually a quarter of the odds, most quarter of the odds for top five places this week, top four, obviously. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't fault you. Reed makes so much. Hits. I would love to see Reed versus speed in the elite eight. That would be really fun. Um, get the boys back together and do that. I think that would be cool, but no, I mean, I'm not faulting anyone on it. I'm just probably not going to end up chasing the ownership. I'm going to be contrarian. I'm going to be leaving money on the table. I'm going to be, you know, looking for leverage spots that are coin flips at times. Um, And that may not lead me to read if he's going to end up drawing because of his pedigree. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then on down bottom left, uh, I think there, there are a lot more interesting groups um down here not necessarily like you know you have bryson so there's there's some star power there um but just like just feels like closer right like bryson fleetwood siwoo and rosner like you could see like those matches kind of you know if if the good siwoo shows up um like it's it's heavily dependent on a lot of things (laughs) going right but um i think that there are there are paths for that group for Finau, Kokrax, uh, Willie, and Fratelli to be a really fun group to watch. Um, and then just, really just that all four of those groups there, Hovland, Anser, Wiesberger, and Streelman. Again, not necessarily like, oh my God, household names, but just it could could be could be some close matches that could be fun. Yeah, I'm. Uh, if I went for a lock for me of the region, I think I like Vic the most um he i mean i think answer will be a tough matchup i mean i I like abe's game you know i have no qualms with abe he seems already mayo and jeff were on him access was on him i was like okay you know am i missing something i just think vic's been so good and what has killed vic you know killed vic is he has chipped it you know into the the bushes and chipped it back over the bunker and then back across and it was killing nine under eight under rounds with a triple bogey that's yeah. one loss hole. You know, if I'm attacking the speed type, that is what Hovland had done. If you saw his first two days at wherever I bet him recently, uh, somewhere in California or Florida, one of the two, but like, you know, he, he birdies in bunches. So I, I'm a big fan of Vic getting out of his, he's going to be one of my favorite plays there. It kills me who got paired with Bryson. I would have loved Tommy. I would have loved to see Wu. I even thought Rosner's a really good ball striker. But do I want to face off arguably, I mean, probably the second best golfer in the world right now. I don't think that's really argued with what Bryson has done. Do you want to take shots against him? That's 
probably a little bit more scary than DJ to me, which is maybe that's wrong to say, but um, I don't know. Like I would love Siwoo. Siwoo should be able to contend here. He fits the same type of mold. You know, he can, he can literally beat anybody on any, any given day. Um, so yeah. I just have to decide if, if Bryson is somebody, if Bryson's going to be super owned, then I'll play those other guys. If Bryson isn't going to be owned, I think I'll sack up and use him as one of my top tier guys too. Yeah. And you know, we, when, um, when, when he took that line, uh, at number six, Bryson against Westwood, um, you know, we, we got the, uh, we got the, they still scored the same thing on the whole crowd. <laughs> um, I, I won't, I won't get you into ignited I, that. Yeah. I, won't, I won't get into that, but, um, just in general, like it, I don't care what anybody says. Like if I, and I don't like getting into like the narrative, like th- that whole conversation. Cause I am very numbers based, but like that has to be like a little draining that he's just going to smoke the ball. Like no matter what, you're not going to be anywhere near him yeah. uh, on, on your second shot. Like it's just never, it's just never going to happen. And I know that that's narrative and I know it probably doesn't matter a ton, but I do think that there's a hole or two each round that he's going to be able to play that the, whoever he's playing is just going to be like, for fuck's sake, like, can I just have the same club as him into a green once? I wonder, that's a great point. I didn't even conceptualize Bryson's rounds, but like, why wouldn't you, if there was a whole type of six on this course, why wouldn't you, if you're in a spot where you're one down or even one, two, three up and you could put it away, why wouldn't you be more risky? And all you yeah. do is you lose a shot. If you, you know, he could literally go for the green twice on hole six if it was a match play. And if you get it over on the second time, you're still chipping for four, you right. know, like, and, and that, so you're, you're going to maybe par that hole, you know, yeah. after the fact that, so maybe that makes a great point that he could try things no other golfer is doing on holes and it's not throwing much away. You might lose one hole, but you know, you could easily get one back in this scenario. So I I would like to play Siwoo. I'm sad my man Rosner probably will get shellacked. Um, but I'm more excited for the bottom of the bracket. Um, I mean, it, I think Zalatoris, I think the world of him. I think everyone knows knows that of my opinion of him. I think a lot of people who run numbers, who see his game, I mean, the kid is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but Tony's so good right now. I think it's a heavyweight battle between those two. Um, so I'm definitely going to have heavy exposure to Zalatoris and Fina. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that that's, that's a super interesting. Um, I, I think it really depends on what, you know, what quote unquote stories people are telling themselves about this. Like if, if you think that Bryson is that good, like how often are you going to be rostering Fina and Zalatoris? Like yep. that's an, that's an interesting you know, mindset of like, yeah, in theory, like maybe if they were on the opposite side, uh, they, their ownership would be even higher. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's an interesting, um, that'll be interesting to see where ownership goes there. Yeah. I think that dictates what my Bryson interest is. And that of course reflects what the, the other side of it is. I'm going to have an allocation per eight, you know, of those guys. And if I'm willing to, attack Bryson, then you're going to get Siwoo, Finau, and Zalatoris there. If I'm willing to go heavy on Bryson, it's going to be lower or I have to make a decision on the yeah. other guys. And same with the whole region. Then I might have to up my Vic 
maybe get more into Morikawa's range. And I don't really love that region either. I think there would be regions I want to stay away from, and that seems to be potentially one of them. Um, I mean, it feels like Colin could make it, you know, pretty easily. And then it would be him versus Hovland, in my opinion, which would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that one, that region can can go a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it, you know, I think we'll probably know uh, relatively quickly, you know, which, which Bryson is there. Um, if he's just, like, closing people out or if he's just getting frustrated and, you know, is, like, lost in his head. I mean, we just saw him though almost win the players after winning at you know a different style course week before. So this isn't this is probably more his alley than the players was. Yeah, you know, for sure. even though it's a Pete Dye type drink, but he does well at Pete Dye's. You know what I mean? So like, I guess the more I'm talking, the more I'm talking myself into Bryson, um, which is fun. I love I love Bryson Weeks. I mean, you know, he comes out with NFTs today. I mean, Bryson to the moon. He's the best. He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that I, I was like, I mean, the prices are definitely, you know, more than what I'm entering on DraftKings this week. So I don't think I can, you know, afford the Ethereum that we're going to be looking at to get that one, one of one. But um, I mean, I love it. I just love the guy. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to be doing a lot of, um, I, I honestly think you could probably end up making, uh, quite a bit of money just betting his uh, head-to-heads this week. I think his outright odds are are just too short um, to really get to really get too excited. Um, yeah, we've we've lost the value, which which you know what I mean. But like you think about anytime, I guess probably from now on, you see Bryson's in, in the twenties. Like it's probably just worth betting it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, right now, I guess he's he's going against Rosner in the first. Uh, his first match, and he's minus two forty. So never mind. I'm not going to bet that. But um, <laughs> in theory, uh, you know, his odds against Fleetwood and Siwa will be a little closer than that. <laughs> Correct. What a what a welcome to America, Rosner. Here you go. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's slide across the board here. Um, I, I have, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's spicy or not. I have somebody interesting kind of making their way. Uh, all the way through from this quadrant here, but we'll we'll start. Uh, you have Xander, Scheffler, Day, and Sullivan, which I think uh, is another one that has some potentially, uh, you know, uh, again, assuming Jason Day, he's kind of like in the Louis camp. Like assuming Jason Day is some uh, reasonable approximation of himself, uh, I think that there could be some good matches in this group. Yeah, I guess I. I think there could be. I don't like Sullivan right now. His game just hasn't shown up all that much. But Scheffler can can prove at any time. I mean, day you don't know. Like Xander's another one. He will probably just par you to death. It's if Scheffler and Day can take it deep to be able to to really you know make a run at that. Yeah, push um, him a little bit. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I think that's how they are able to win that. So again depend i mean you could you look at what he that region would run into not the strongest of subset either i mean rory poulter cam and griffin you know like i'm not chopping at the bit to play rory um nope i i actually really 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 like cam smith and i'm hoping that's your guy coming out of the region awesome (laughs) awesome yeah, that's that's who I love. You know, I love him there, and I love him playing that that other one too. So I don't see myself overexposed outside of Cam, um, really, really in that that neck of the woods. 
Yeah, and I mean, this, I think this quadrant in general is, you know, you, if you get, if you get the upset uh, out of Xander's group from somebody, you know, Cam's road gets a little bit easier if he can get out. And then, like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, you know, running into Rom is not the best thing in the world, but I don't think, I don't know your thoughts on, on Berger, but I can't imagine putting much uh, confidence in him at the moment. Uh, no, and I then you have I've... English, Todd, and EVR. It's like, I don't know, is that is that too uh, too difficult for you there? <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest lock you could probably put out there is Rom to the Elite Eight. Like, yeah. I mean, he's playing Munoz, Palmer, and Shane Lowry. Probably this is when we mentioned earlier DJ's weakest because I think that's the weakest one. And then you look at the the weakest of a collective group, and I think that is absolutely the burger the burger one. So then you get Rom to cakewalk into the elite eight. Like I'd imagine he's gonna be owned because people I can't be the only one thinking that way. But I, I don't. The other part is, I mean, again, I only worry about getting to the Elite Eight because, you know, if you make the lineup right, then you can play Cam and Rom together. But those are two of my more confident plays of the week are are those two that make a, a ton of sense. Yeah, no matter no matter what, uh, no matter who comes out of the, the burger group, you would have to feel um, pretty As an confident. underdog, yeah. Yeah. It, so but they have Berger actually at, at 138 on DraftKings. I think that's absurd. I think he should be uh, significantly longer than that. Uh, it's just the other guys are, are bad right now, too. That's the yeah. problem. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not. But then the injury, I mean, the dude just withdrew a week ago. You know, right. and now he's going to line up for, for – and it wasn't like he had to travel. Like, I mean, he was in his home little area. You know what I mean? Like, And it wasn't so, like it was like the – RBC Canadian Open or some shit like yeah, Honda Classic, and it took him to Wednesday. You know what I mean? That was like yeah. to make the decision. So he was right there, kind of going, kind of not. Like he didn't have to. Yeah, didn't no travel involved. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign. So so okay, then we have to play the opposite angle here. That region, that that quadrant's the grossest. You might match up against the chalkiest Rom. Do you have the sack to say I'm playing the Todd Father? I'm playing Bassi Munoz, like because you're probably getting those guys at two, three, four percent in the right. worst of regions. I mean, if you're playing the numbers, that that probably is is way too low owned for for a Burgers group. But it's just yeah. you could give me anyway. If it was McIntyre, if it was Perez. If it was Rosner, I don't care. I just don't like any of those three unless unless I just talk myself an EVR another time. Nah, I mean, <laughs> it's only Monday. I'm sure by Wednesday, 8 a.m., I'll be 25% EVR. What, what could go wrong? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So English is 250, Todd is 335, and EVR is plus 400. I, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how you don't at least uh, bet EVR there plus 400. I think that that's. Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen with him. Uh, or yeah. I guess you kind of yeah. do know what's going to happen with him. But yeah, yeah. I withdraw second round of the Masters. You put your biggest mega millionaire ticket. You know, you just see him wince on the 18th hole. Oh, that was pain. The worst. Um, all right. Let's uh, I, now that I'm now that I'm on DraftKings, um, there are some interesting. It's going to be a very long week. Uh, they have props for which hole matches will end 
They have props for leader after the front nine. Uh, let's see what else we got. Yeah, I guess that's those. Those are the two uh, most interesting ones. Um, I don't know how you. I don't know how you model that. I don't know how you figure it out. But I yeah. do know that I will be betting uh, into those markets pretty heavily because it's just so fun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the the fun part of. I mean. Again, th- this event is just so different from the typical week. It just provides, you know, more betting opportunity. Like, I'm wondering, like, but with the last time this was played, Showdown wasn't around. You know, are people yeah. like going to be able to make op- like smart Showdown lineups like that? No, like that's they don't a, anyway. a whole that's a whole different. <laughs> like they don't. But then you think about it. You know, you're probably going to see golfers that are 30, 40. 50% in showdown when their, their matchup odds differences are going to be five to 10%. Right. And you're going to get off like people that play showdown should be salivating at, at this week. Like yeah. that, that should be how it is. Like I'm thinking if they offer weekend contests, you have 16 golfers, are people going to make their lineups? Correct. I, you know, there's so much opportunity. I need to take out a second mortgage. I think. Yeah, I mean, all that all that matters. It's not even you know if if people can make the right decisions. It's are there you know is Data Golf's optimizer going to have the right you know levers for people to press? It, it, you know, is whatever insert site here, whatever you're talking about, Fantasy National yep. doesn't matter. Um, whatever it is, like, are they going to be custom enough? Because I had to. I'm the reason why I don't have numbers on anything yet is because I'm still retooling my simulator to handle. I mean, I can do, you know, match play is easy enough to figure out, but getting everything in the right groups and, and, you know, having everything match up the right way is a pain in the ass. And like I said before, it's, uh, it sucks that it's just all this work for one week. I know, I know. Gear it up. I would, I would love. I mean, everything. I mean, the European Tour used to have awesome events where it was thirty-six holes, a stroke play, got you into the match play. Right. You know, I mean, the Ryder Cup and Presidents Cup. What they did, they did contests for that, but it wasn't. It was hard. I mean, I love those. Don't get me wrong. Like I viewed them as opportunity because it's something different. So I'm never going to complain at those. But those are still different. Nothing is set up where. The only thing, and they don't even do it. Like I wish tennis DFS was different. I wish tennis DFS was a tournament, like like yeah. a, a two three week long DFS contest. Like instead of a daily showdown, like that is where the next level of thinking gets into it. Um, right. And how you just have to build these lineups, bet, bet appropriately. Don't be betting, you know, outrights on multiple guys that'll play each other. Like you should probably have no more than. I mean, I'm not judging anyone, but you can't have more than eight bets because it's not possible to get right. <laughs> more than that guys to where they need to pay out for the each way. Right. Like you, you just, as much value as there may be, you're, you're cannibalizing your own investment. Yeah. Um, but the great part about it is there's 75,000 people that are signing up to play in DraftKings this week. And not everyone realizes that. So giddy yeah. up. Yeah, exactly, man. It's, it's, it's definitely fun. You know, I, I obviously just finished up that, <clears throat> that game theory series in general for Rotoviz. So, you know, I, I like doing all of this. Uh, I like thinking about all of this in that way, as much as I love, you know, actually modeling golf and, and running my sim and betting from it. Uh, the, the whole other angle with DFS makes it, makes it super interesting. And I, I said it on the show last week, um, 
but I, I don't think people fully understand that like you can love somebody in DFS and not want to bet them and vice versa. Um, it doesn't happen all the, it doesn't happen a ton, but there are definitely opportunities uh, and chances that you need to be either, you know, sitting out, you know, fading guys in DFS, but still betting them or vice versa where, you know, the, the value measurement is not the same, um, you know, for, for DFS and for, if you're just placing a bet. Yep. And I fall victim to it all the time. You know, I'm sitting here looking at your lineups that, you know, there's probably a lineup out there. That's the six bets that I made this week. And that's, you know, one of my favorite lineups. Of course it feels good because you invested in those golfers. I mean, that's, you know, but hundred percent, I think just game theory. And again, I wish, the other part is this week happens so quick. We're doing this at eight o'clock, you know, 36 hours from now, right? It's lock. Yeah. You know, it's it's a doozy. They used to release, I loved it. The later they they used to release the brackets like at 7 p.m. And yeah. it would be like you literally yeah, didn't like have time. time. Yeah, you went to sleep and you had to build lineups the next day and then it went live. Like for the common golf fan that's thrown in one entry per week, at times it can seem to be a lot, you know, yeah. um, and you relish those type of opportunities as, as somebody who's in the DFS industry, you know, to, to take advantage. Yeah, for sure. And again, like all of this, all of this stuff is, you know, just another, another, another puzzle to think about and solve, um, which is really the only reason why I bet or play DFS for anything like that's that's the fun part so this whole lead up is great and then you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be cursing uh wednesday night when everything falls to shit but it's the same thing as march madness right like you're you know you spend this time putting your bracket together and then oral roberts happens or whatever you know and then you get all the you get all the hilarious non-stop oral jokes all week long <laughs> all week all week and and that's i mean but like i the the these two weeks are two of my higher investment weeks of the year and i don't even watch college basketball but you can they give you the ownerships in advance of how to make a lineup right. like they're giving <laughs> you exactly what like you that, need that'd be to even do better. <laughs> correct so so that's where i'm going to challenge myself more i'm glad i'm doing the 10 and the 5 cuz maybe the, i build the 5 like i would any other week with guys I like in the 10, I just plug my nose and play probability, you know, yeah. play the, the advocate of it. And you hope you get lucky. It all takes is one, man. All it takes is one. There was yeah. five lineups. So between 2018 and 2019, there was five lineups combined that nailed the final four. Yeah. So what is that? You know, five out of 150,000. Yeah. Easily, probably more. Yeah, which is so cool. Like, that's yeah. unbelievable. So, like, yeah. the way I play is I'm shooting for the moon. If people want to stack pods and give themselves more of a probability to make one golfer into the final four, I'm not here to pick apart what you think the optimal lineup is because you might be going for something different than I am. I'm shooting for all of my golfers to get to lead eight and all four of them to play on Sunday. And I have made many laps in the past. I haven't even come close to it. But – you know, that's, that's the way all takes is one, you know, yeah. you be sitting I mean, here with you a week from now, 200 grand richer. Yeah. That's my hope. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, you might be taking away some of your, uh, you know, min cash, uh, EV, but you are, oh, yeah. you know, put it, pushing yourself higher and that's how GPPs are. Anyway, I say it all the time. Like if yeah. I'm, 
it, whether it's whether it's golf or NFL, like if I'm min cashing a ton of GPP lineups, like I'd rather just be losing them. To be totally honest, like oh, for sure. I, I like if you're just in that purgatory of like just good enough, but you're never you know hitting that the top like ten percent, top five percent, top one percent. You're you're just you're never gonna make money in GPPs. You have to you yeah. have to build for that for that ceiling. Also, and, I think uh, cash games are uh, are going to be very uh, very ripe this week. I will be I will be entering a lot of head to heads this week. Yeah, no, you're smart on that. I think that's a very very good way. I, you'd have to train you know differently in a brain to approach it. But to me, most golf weeks, it is unattainable to make the optimal lineup. You know, like it's going to end up being forty six thousand with you know what I mean, golfers that got in the field as an alternate on Wednesday and weren't priced in. You know what I mean? Like that happens, but we're staring at the optimal lineup. You know, we have 64 golfers. There's, there's no way around it. We know how it has to be and what the end result is. And you can work back. You can't cover your bases. No chance. You have to make million lineups to be able to to guarantee it. But um, it's just a different, you know, I, I'm normally a single lineup guy because I, I feel, you know, more belief in maybe six golfers. But these are like the chances where if I know the ceiling is, is attainable, you, you have to take a run at it. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, thanks. This was a this was a good chat. I know this was not our uh, our usual format here. We'll get back to that um, next week, assuming that, you know, baby Jones isn't <laughs> uh, isn't here. And um yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time and hopping on. Again, of course, make sure you are fo- following Sky over at Skyhook DFS on Twitter and all of his great work and Axis's great work uh, over at FTN as well. I mean, truthfully, Matt, it's amazing that you were able to do this podcast after winning the Honda Classic yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> kudos to you on, on breaking your your streak no. of you know finally getting a PGA Tour win. I know, man. It's it's. <laughs> I I tweeted it out yesterday. I was like, I'm I'm finally back to even uh, betting Matt Jones <laughs> because you know that I can't let one of his starts go by without uh, betting him outright because it, it would oh, just feel yep. wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. So congrats on that. Good luck with the baby. Thank you so much for having me back on and, and let's take some down this week. Of course, man. Thanks again. Uh, make sure if you guys are listening to this, you hop into the listener league. It will be uh, posted shortly and we will talk soon. See ya. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.